Canto sixty-seven to sixty-nine of Book Two of the Ramayana of Balmiki, translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by O One Two Three. Canto sixty-seven, the praise of kings. That night of sorrow passed away, and rose again the god of day. Then all the twice-born peers of state together met for high debate. Javali, lord of mighty fame, and Gautam, and Kaitivan came, and Markandeya's reverent age, and Vamadev, glorious sage, sprung from Mulgala's seed the one, the other ancient Kashyap's son. With lesser lords these Brahmans each spoke in his turn his several speech, and turning to Basista best of household priests, him does addressed. The night of bitter war has passed, which seemed a hundred years to last, our king, in sorrow for his son, reunion with the five as one. His soul is where the blessed are, while Rama roams in woods afar, and Lakshman, bright in glorious deeds, goes where his well-loved brother leads. And Varad and Satrugna, they, who smite their foes in battle fray, far in the realm of Kekia's stay, where their maternal grandsire's care keeps Rajagriha's city fair. Let one of old Ikshaku's race obtain this day the sovereign's place, or havoc and destruction straight our kingless land will devastate. In kingless lands, no thunder's voice, no lightning reads the heart rejoice, nor does Parjanya's heavenly rain descend upon the burning plain. Where none is king, the sour's hand casts not the seed upon the land. The son against the father's tribes, and husbands fail to rule their wives. In kingless realms no princes call their friends to meet in crowded hall, no joyful citizens resort to garden trim or sacred court. In kingless realms no twice-born care to sacrifice with text and prayer, nor Brahmans who their vows maintain, their great solemnities ordain, the joys of happier days have ceased, no gathering, festival, or feast. Together calls the merry throng, delighted with the play and song. In kingless lands it never is well, with sons of trade who buy and sell. No man who pleasant tales repeat, delight the crowd with stories sweet. In kingless realms we never behold young maidens decked with gems and gold. Flock to the gardens split and gay, to spend the evening hours in play. No lover in the flying car rides with his love to woods afar. In kingless lands no wealthy swain, who keeps the heart and reaps the grain. Lies sleeping, blessed with ample store, securely near his open door. Upon the royal roads we see no tusked elephant roaming free, of threescore years whose head and neck sweet tinkling bells of silver deck. We hear no more the glad applause when his strong bow its rival draws, no clap of hands, no eager cries that cheer its martial exercise. In kingless realms no marching bands, who travel forth to distant lands, with precious wares their wagons load, and fear no danger on the road. No sage secure in self-control, brooding on guard with mind and soul, in lonely wanderings finds his home, wherever at eve his feet may roam. In kingless realms no man is sure, he holds his life and wealth secure. In kingless lands no warrior smite, the foeman's host in glorious fight. In kingless lands the wise no more, 
while trained in scripture's holy law, in shady groves and gardens meet, to argue in their calm retreat. No longer in religious fear, do they who pious vows revere, bring dainty cates and wreaths of flowers, as offerings to the heavenly powers. No longer bright as trees in spring, shine forth the children of the king, resplendent in the people's eyes, with aloe wood and sandal dyes. A brook where water once has been, a grove where grass no more is green, kind with no huntsman's guiding hand, so wretched is a kingless land. The kite's waving banner rears, banner of fire the smoke appears, our king the banner of our pride, a guarded guards is glorified. In kingless lands no law is known, and none may call his wealth his own. It's praise on each, from hour to hour, as fish the wake of his devour. Then fearless at his overleap, the bounds of right the godly keep, and when no royal powers restrain, preeminence and lordship gain, as in the frame of man the eye keeps watch and ward a careful spy, the monarch in his wide domains protects the truth the right maintains. He is the right, the truth is he, their hopes in him the well-born see. On him his people's lives depend, mother is he, and sire and friend. The world were veiled in blinding night, and none could see or know aright, ruled there no king in any state, the good and ill to separate. We will obey thy word and will, as if our king were living still, as gives his bounds the faithful sea, so we observe thy high decree. O oh, best of Brahmins, first in place, our kingless land lies desolate. Some scion of Ekshaku's race do thou as monarch consecrate. Canto 68 The Envoys Vashishta heard their speech and prayer, and thus addressed the concourse there, friends, Brahmins, counsellors, and all, assembled in the palace hall. Ye know that Varat, free from care, still lives in Rajagriha where the father of his mother reigns. Satrugna by his side remains. Let active envoys go that need, Dida on fleetest horses speed, To bring the hero youths away, Why waste the time in dull delay? Quick came from all the glad reply, Vashista let the envoys fly. He heard their speech, and thus renewed, His charge before the multitude, Nandan, Asok, Siddharth, Atend, Your ears, Jayanta, Vijaya land, Be yours what need requires to do, I speak these words to all of you, which coursers of the fleetest breed to Rajagriha's city speed, then rid your bosoms of distress, and Varad does from me address. The household priest and peers by us send health to thee and greet thee does. Come to thy father's home with haste, thine absent time no longer waste. But speak no word of Rama fled, tell not the prince his sire is dead. Nor to the royal youth the fate that ruins Raghu's race relate. Go quickly, hands, and with you bear fine silken vestures, rich and rare, and gems and many a precious thing as gifts to Varad and the king. With ample stores of food supplied, each to his home the envoys hide, prepared with steeds of swiftest race to Kaka's land their way to trace. They made all due provision there, and every need arranged with care. Then ordered by Vasista, they went forth with speed upon their way. Then northward of Pralamba, west of Apartala, on they pressed, crossing the Malini that flowed, 
with gentle stream outward the road they traversed ganga's holy waves where she hastinapur laves thence to panchala westward fast through guru jangal's land they passed on on they coast and voice held by urgency of task impelled quick glancing at each lucid flood and sweet lake gay with flower and bird beyond they passed unwearied over where glad birds fill the flood and shore of saradanda racing fleet with heavenly water clear and sweet thereby a tree celestial grows which every boon a prayer bestows to its blessed shade they humbly bent then to kalinga's town they went then having passed the warrior's wood in avikala next they stood over sacred ikshumati came their ancient king's ancestral claim they saw the learned brahman stand its drinking from his hallowed land and through bahika joining steel they reached at length sudaman's hill there bishnu's footstep turned to see bipasa viewed and salmali and many a lake and river met tank pool and pond and rivulet and lions saw and tigers near and elephants and hearts of deer and still by prompt obedience led along the ample road they sped then when their course so swift and long had worn their steeds though fleet and strong to giriraja's splendid town they came by night and lighted down to please their master and to guard the royal race the lineal right the envoys spanned with riding heart to that fair city came by night canto sixty nine varad's dream the night those messengers of state had passed within the city's gate in dreams the slumbering varad saw a sight that chilled his soul with awe the dream that dire events foretold left varad's heart with horror cold and with consuming wars distraught upon his aged sire he thought his dear companions swift to trace the signs of anguish on his face drew near his sorrow to expel and pleasant tales began to tell some woke sweet music's cheering sound and others danced in lively round with joke and jest they strove to raise his spirits courting ancient plays but for it still the lofty soul deaf to sweet tales his fellows told unmoved by music dance and jest sat silent by his war oppressed to him begot by comrades near thus spoke the friend he held most dear why ringed around by friends art thou so silent and so mournful now hear thou thus varad made reply what chills my heart and dims mine eye i dreamed i saw the king my sire sink headlong in a lake of mire down from a mountain high in air his body soiled and lose his hair upon the mire lake he seemed to lie and welter as i dreamed with hollowed hands full many a draught of oil he took and loudly laughed with head cast down i saw him make a meal on sesamum and cake the oil from every member dripped and in its clammy flood he dipped the ocean's bed was bare and dry the moon had fallen from the sky and all the world lay still and dead with whelming darkness overspread the earth was rent and opened wide the leafy trees were scorched and died i saw the seated mountains split and red surprising smoke emit the stately beast the monarch rode his long tusks rent and splitted showed and flames that quenched and cold had lain blazed forth with kindly light again 
I looked, and many a handsome dame, arrayed in brown and sable, came, and bore about the monarch dressed, on iron stool, in sable vest. And then the king of virtuous mind, a blood-red red around him twined, fought on, and as strong chariot sped, as southward steel he bent his head. Then crimson-clad, a dame appeared, who at the monarch laughed and jeered, and a she-monster dire to view, her hand upon his body trail. Such is the dream I dreamt by night, which chills me yet with wild affright. Either the king or Rama, I, or Lakshman now must surely die. For when an astron chariot seems to bear away a man in dreams, be sure, above his funeral pyre, the smoke soon rears its cloudy spire. This makes my spirit low and weak, my tongue is slow and lot to speak, my lips and throat are dry for dread, and all my soul disquieted. My lips relaxed, can hardly speak, and chilling dread has changed my cheek. I blame myself in aimless fears, and still no cause of blame appears. I dwell upon this dream of ill, whose changing scenes I viewed, and on the startling horror still, my troubled thoughts will brood. Still to my soul, these terrors cling, reluctant to depart, and the strange vision of the king still weighs upon my heart. End of Canto 67, 68 and 69